Welcome to the Zenith Hour podcast, where we discuss what defines success and what it takes to achieve that. In this podcast series, we invite industry leaders to discuss their journey and the challenges they face along the way. I'm your host, D. King, the founder and CEO of Zenith Trading. Thank you guys for attending. And today is going to be the first episode of the Zenith Hour podcast. My name is D. King. I am the creator and host of the Zenith Hour podcast. And I am also the CEO and founder of Zenith Trading. But today for the first episode, I have my friend Curtis here, who has been with the group for about five, six months now. He's also gone through the mentorship program under me. And I am going to be the guest speaker because why not kick it off? Curtis will be moderating and we're going to be going through some things to talk about my past, my challenges, just to introduce the Zenith Hour podcast. The whole purpose of this podcast series is to invite guest speakers to talk about their successes, their challenges, their obstacles, their failures in life that have led them to where they are today. I think it would be a good learning opportunity for everyone else, especially those who are, some of you are still in college, some of you still aren't sure of your career path in the future, which is completely fine. But I think this is a good way to open that world for you. I mean, and basically taking additional knowledge outside of just trading and, and what you do day to day. So Curtis, you can kick it off and we're going to have a lot of fun today. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's just start it off really simple. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what do you do and why you started this group? Yeah. So with me, I've always been a, a really ambitious person. Um, throughout my whole life. So my focus has always been to be the best at whatever role I'm in, whether it's a job, whether it's powerlifting, for example, whether it's um, trading, whether it's really anything that I get myself into, you have to have the hustle mentality. That's what's going to help you persevere through everything that you do in life. I started Zenith Trading. I- I'm actually going to dive into Z- Zenith Trading a little bit further later on, but a lot of the things in my life I feel has led me to starting this brand recently and it set me up for further success in the future. Okay. Give us a couple of those experiences. What are some of the things that you feel like have led you to uh, being able to successfully lead this through? When it comes to anything you do in life, I think it's very important to fail. No matter what you're doing, whether it's your, your job, a side hustle that you have, a hobby that you get into, I think you have to fail in order to succeed. This podcast episode is called Failing to Succeed. It's not what you think it might mean. When you're looking at this title, you're probably thinking like, I can't succeed. That's actually not the meaning behind the title of the the podcast. Um, The reason why I chose this is because you need to fail in order to succeed. That's the only way you're going to understand what success is. Because if you're not failing, you never really know what it's like to get knocked down to face those challenges, to face those obstacles and learn from those mistakes. When you're failing, you tend to learn how to succeed after that, right? You tend to learn what mistakes you made. You tend to learn how to navigate through these, the same challenges and the same obstacles in the future. Personally, for me, I failed many times in my life. One example is back in high school, straight A student. I went to St. John's Preparatory School in, uh, in Astoria, New York. And I got into this program called the bachelor's program. So essentially I would skip my senior year of high school and go straight to St. John's university as a college student. And I would graduate by by the time I was 20. I registered for classes. I went to SJU for two weeks and I was part of the national honor society back at the high school. 
So I had to go back, give the freshman orientation. My guidance counselor pulls me into a room and says, we had to kick you out of the program. I'm thinking to myself, what are you talking about? Like I'm literally taking classes right now. And he said, because you registered for classes late. So the classes that you were actually taking weren't part of the prerequisite for that specific program. I was so livid that I punched the window in the school. I got 18 stitches on my hand. The freshmen that were there saw me bleeding out of the school. And that was probably one of the most painful times in my life because I worked my ass off for that. I would have graduated a whole year earlier out of college. But I think thinking back, I'm kind of glad it happened because my life would have taken a different direction. I was planning to do, get into law, which I probably would have regretted by now. And then I found myself going to Baruch College instead and pursuing finance. That was just one. Two is I left my corporate job like back in 2014, mainly because I wasn't sure what I was going to do anymore. Didn't really want to take that finance route. I've lost a lot of money through trading over time, not within a short period, but just over about a year, a year and a half, close to a quarter million in profits that I've lost. I, 2018 was probably the worst year of my life. I was in credit card debt, just got out of like almost a decade long relationship. My grandmother got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in July of 2018. That ripped my family apart. And I hope that this never happens to anyone. I'm not going to go into the details, but just know that the family drama was so severe that we had to go to court and get restraining orders. So that was my entire life of 2018. It was just piling on top of each other. Every negative thing you can possibly think of just kept adding on and adding on and adding on. Those failures, you know, really made me a lot stronger, I would say, um, because I never looked at, at failures as, as giving up. I never raised the white flag on things. It was more so, okay, it happened. What can I do to improve? What can I do to make myself better? And focus on that rather than just looking back and dreading on whatever I've done already. What That's a of, quick summary. <laughs> so what type of corporate job was it that you had? So I worked, I worked in a, at this company called R. Donnelly. Um, essentially, we were the intermediary between companies and the SEC. So we used to file all the documents with the SEC. I was a, a front-facing a lot. So I was working with underwriters. I was working with um, the lawyers. I was working with all the companies. And we used to just do the SEC filings. I, I used to work full-time while I went to school full-time. So my classes would be from the earliest, I would say 7.30 until 2. Uh, I would work out between 12 and, and 1 during the lunchtime. And then I would go to work from three to 11. So that was my life in college for almost five years. You left it. So what did you not like about that? And do you consider that a, to be a failure that led you to here? One was because I was kind of lost. I, number one, I didn't really want to do it anymore. It, it was what, actually very, what year was this? this was a uh, 2014, two, okay. 2014, 2015. Sorry, just trying to get a timeline. Yeah, I think I left in 2015, uh, the beginning of the year. I just wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to take the finance route anymore. I was kind of lost. So I actually didn't work for a couple months. And then I went to a career fair and I found Yelp. They set up a booth and I used to use Yelp all the time. I used to write reviews all the time. So I was thinking like, what, what, 
what the hell can I do at Yelp? I didn't even realize they had job openings and it was for an account executive role for sales. So I decided to submit my resume, we talked, and then two interviews later, I got the job. So that was May, 2015, almost going on six years now. So ever since then, I've been working sales. I found a huge passion for sales. And I think what really, the characteristic that really holds true when it comes to getting a sales job and working in sales is ambition and hustle. If you don't have these traits in your personality, you will not succeed right. because you're going to give up so easily, right? Yeah. You get hung up on the phone your first week and you feel emotional about it. And you're like, oh shit, this is not a job for me. You're not going to make it. So I think that's also what helped me build into, it, it added on to the hustle mentality that I've always had. Um, because before that, when I was in college, I used to come up with different business ideas. And the one thing that I lacked was execution. And I think execution is so important when it comes to tackling business ideas and doing what you want to do, right? Because you can come up with all the ideas that you want. I, I used to come up with great business ideas, things that didn't actually come to fruition until the past two or three years in New York. Like, and I'm talking about like restaurant ideas. And because of the lack of execution and the fear, I just never got around to doing that. So I would always scrap the idea. I would spend some time writing down the ideas, really actually building a plan on it, why it would work, why it wouldn't work. And then I just scrapped the idea because I didn't have the balls to execute on it. So that happened a lot with me in the past. Working at Yelp, it, it really helped me to grow that hustle mentality because sales is not easy. Like it, it's really not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to sell a product to someone who doesn't see value in it at first, right? But it really helps you, number one, become more personable, more emotionally intelligent. And when you believe in the product, you can sell it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And with sales, everything is based on numbers. Your revenue, if you're not working hard, you're not going to close deals. And if you're not closing deals, you're not going to put up revenue. Um, and that's the basis of any sales job. So I think it, it really helps you grind. And if you have that hustle mentality, I think doing sales basically helps you break out of that additional potential that you have for, mm -hmm. for hustling. So I want to go back for a second to the, the first thing you talked about. Um, so you were in high school, you were getting straight A's, right? Mm -hmm. And you got into this program with St. John's, but you ended up getting rejected due to a filing for your class of weight, right? Mm -hmm. Now, was that a user error or was that a, was that a guidance error, error, error do you believe? So I remember my mom and I registered the classes, I think like two weeks late. I think the deadline was probably June and like end of June. Um, and then we registered sometime in July. So I guess in general, it is on me for registering for classes late. But at the same time, I was going to SJU for two weeks, yeah, like actually sitting in classes until that day. So to me, it's like, number one, you know, you could have just work with the school to change it around right? or do something, right? Because right. they just straight up said, oh, we have to kick you out. And it just didn't make sense. I was already going to school. How, how are you going to just withdraw that from me? You know? Yeah. Now, in hindsight, do you believe that like if you had had proper leadership or mentorship along the way that that would have helped you in order to have gotten into that program a little bit better? I think if the system worked better, maybe, 
but I do know it's also on me for registering late. Like, I guess I understand it. it. It was disappointing because I worked my ass off for it. And it seemed like such a small logistical error that they could easily fix, being that the semester just started as well. You're not really missing much with two weeks. So it, it was, I was disappointed in myself, but I was also very disappointed in school. Like I was, I was livid that day. Um, I'll never forget because right after that, I was shocked when he told me. And I just sat in the room and I just started crying. Yeah. And I was so pissed that I went out and back in, in high school on the windows with the, uh, for the doors, they used to have like these uh, metal crisscross wires, right? In between the glass. And that's what I punched. And I remember in the basement of the school, I was like, should I punch this wooden door or should I punch the glass? I decided to punch the glass. And I ended up going to the hospital, got 18 stitches on my right hand. And I'll never forget that. So that was probably, it was just so unexpected, you know? Um, and, and the worst part was that I had perfect attendance for all four years, for all three years. Then they had to fucking send, uh, send me to a psychiatrist because they thought I had temper issues and anger problems. So because of that, I lost my perfect attendance because I was seeing a psychiatrist for a whole week. <laughs> oh, wow. In the beginning of my senior year. Yeah. So that's what happened. So but that, that was really bad. Like a double whammy after hurting yeah. your head like that. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny how those scars, those yeah. things that happen that leave those cuts and those scars that happen, like it allows you to move forward, but still remember yeah. what got you there. Yep. I agree. It was sad, you know, but thinking back now, I'm actually really glad that I didn't continue through with SJU because I would have gone into law. Um, I was thinking of doing criminal defense, which I probably would regret now. And then I ended up, you know, going to Baruch and pursuing finance instead. So yeah, that, that's what happened with me. Cool. Tell me about 2018. You said it was the worst year of your life. Yeah. Now, I've done a little bit of my own digging when uh when i join things or when i start something i do a lot of research and when i joined zenith i actually went back through and literally read every message and every <laughs> single channel wow history because i'm a weirdo first of all mm. um but i know that zenith used to be a crypto discord right Tell me a little bit about that and how that led into 2018 as well, if you don't mind. Yeah. So 2018, the end of 2017 or the whole 2017 was basically the boom of crypto. And I thought about why not start a trading group focused on crypto at the time. And it started off with just inviting my friends because I was sharing plays and, and also educating them on how to trade crypto and all the ins and outs of, of blockchain technology. And the bear market hit in early 2018. And ever since then, it was just, number one, it was bad timing. Number two, with crypto, you weren't really able to hedge yourself, right? So let's say in a bear market for equities, you can just buy puts. Uh, crypto doesn't exactly have that, at least not widely available. Um, you, can, you can short Bitcoin if you want, and Ethereum and Litecoin, but all of the other altcoins that you're holding, you, you couldn't really do that at the time. So the timing was just really off, but I kept the discord open just because my friends were in there and I figured that we can have conversations from time to time. Um, so 2018, I lost a lot of money over time through trading and got out of my relationship, like I think June or May, 
one month later, my grandma was diagnosed stage four lung cancer. And then I basically spent the rest of my year handling family drama. It was definitely the worst year of my life. Like nothing was going right for me. I wasn't performing my best at my job either. So everything was just adding on to each other. Like literally not a single aspect of my life was going well, except my, my fitness. I, I was in a, the peak of my fitness at the time, but um, other than that, you know, nothing else was going right. Um, I used to spend weekends going to clubs, drinking, you know, partying with friends every weekend, like getting tables, popping bottles. Um, wasn't exactly the healthiest way to find happiness, I guess. That was definitely one of the worst years, probably, if not the worst year of my life. And then I met my current girlfriend. Um, things started to get better. And I, I had a wake up call. You know, I just told myself I need to get my shit together. And then from there, we're leading into 2019. Um, 2019, I was doing my regular job. I still work my nine to five, by the way, today. Um, at the end of 2019, I met a group of friends. Shout out to HC, uh, who share that same men mentality of hustling and being ambitious, except that they were focused on reselling. So I was always into sneakers throughout my whole life, but I really got into reselling at the end of 2019 with them. So I invested more money into bots. Um, I started reselling everything. And that just became this new found passion of mine. Being with them and interacting with them every day really unlocked that potential for me. And I used to resell every day. Like when COVID hit, it was probably the, the best time to make money for reselling. Since then, and I was still trading throughout this whole time, by the way, trading groups started to pop up where people go on Discord and, and you can join and things like that. So a couple of groups actually reached out to me um, to hire me as an analyst. And that was back in May of, two, of 2020. Okay. From then on, those same friends they were saying, why don't you just start your own group? And honestly, I played it off as a joke. Um, I was like, nah, like, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's too much stress. I don't know if I can do it. And August comes along. Actually, the, the middle of uh, July comes along. I said, let me just invite some more friends here into it. And I rebranded it. I came up with a name. And by August, I started inviting more friends. And that's when I said, okay, let's just do it. Why not? I hired someone to create the logo. I got it branded. I even filed a business entity for the business. And we officially went live in September. And here we are. It's grown into a, an amazing community that was completely unexpected for me. Because it, to me, it, at, at the beginning, it was kind of a joke. Um, I didn't really take it seriously. But I think we've done a really good job in, in growing it. Yeah, for sure. But during, so during 18, did you, you continued to trade? At what point did you transition? Have you always traded stocks and options? Or at what point did you start to make more of a transition from the crypto world into the equity world? So I started trading stocks as soon as I turned 18. Financial literacy has always been a very interesting thing to get into for me. Uh, so when I turned 18, I opened up a Roth IRA. I opened up a brokerage account. I started investing in stocks, but at the time it was just buy and hold shares. Sure. Um, when I first started, I used to invest in biotech and I used to play the FDA calendar. So anytime they had, let's just say a phase three trial approval date coming up, I used to play that and I used to just, just buy shares. 
at the time, I didn't know anything about options. And the funny thing is in college, I took options classes. And to me, it was just mumbo jumbo. Like I didn't understand it. We also had a 65 year old professor teaching us it. Um, and mostly was, most of it were, were focused on theories and principles, but I continued to trade. I took a hiatus until the crypto boom started. So I was still investing, but I never actively traded during that time. And by actively trading, I mean, basically what I'm doing now, like reading charts every day, day trading, swing trading, things like that, rather than just holding spot shares and just letting it sit there. So once crypto started and I got into, I really got into technical, technical analysis, like around 2016 into 2017. Um, and I used to chart every single day, like every day at work, at home. And I traded crypto a lot, but I didn't trade equities as much, mainly because I didn't have the time for that. So even now, for example, I still trade crypto every day, but because of how much focus I put on Zenith and, and trading equities. I only make probably two to three trades a month for crypto. The rest, I just let it sit there. Um, so it was more about, about balancing the time. And then 2017 was great. Like I made a shit ton of money um, holding things. And I learned trading psychology even more. I, I learned how to chart even better. Um, so it became my, my passion without really realizing it was a passion, hmm. which kind of leads up to Zenith because the whole thing about my friends telling me to start my own thing, it, it was, I never even thought of it really. I thought about it once, you know, trying to open a crypto trading group, but aside from that, I never really put th much thought into it. Then I really thought to myself, I've been staring at charts every day for the past five years. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I've been doing. And I never really realized how much I love trading until this year or last year. And, and something I can actually turn that into a business and help other people. I think it was a, uh, it was really interesting to me because it was kind of like that epiphany moment. You know, you finally wake up and you're like, oh shit. Like it's been in front of me this whole time. So. Yeah. yeah it's funny how all that works where you can even having a hustler's mentality, you can hustle, you can rise and grind, you can do the whole deal. But when all said and done, the things that will sustain success are the things that come most naturally. And it's yeah. pretty clear that like through this whole thing, it's almost like you're going through all this stressful time yeah. and trading and charting and technical analysis almost became kind of your outlet. Yeah. You know, and I could yeah. tell that when I first joined, you'd throw a, you'd have your music bumping on, on a Friday call. And you could just tell you're in your zone, like you weren't, you weren't stressed on trading. Trading was your way to get away from the stress. Yeah. I, I think that's, I mean, that's a clear indicator of what's, you know, leading you to success. Yeah. Um, so let's transition in, into talking a little more about Zenith. What led to you starting to take Zenith more seriously as becoming your your business and where do you see it going? Great question. Zenith started off as, so, so here's, here's the first thing. I never expected the amount of support that I received when I first started Zenith. Um, it was more so, let me get some friends in here, right? Sure. And it became more and more friends. Like those friends brought their friends in and it just became this entire circle of life kind of thing. Um, and then we were in beta for about a month and a half 
until the end of August and basically Labor Day weekend, we started um, to go fully paid. And I remember talking to my girlfriend about this and I said, you know what, I'll be happy with 50 paid members, right? Like I'm content with that because I, I, I didn't have any expectations. And I think at the end of the day, the not having expectations was actually a blessing in disguise because when you set high expectations, which is fine to do, and you don't hit those, I think it can be very disappointing, mm. right? And it's very easily to stop being motivated at that point. Um, so when it came to Zenith, it was more like, all right, well, you know, let's just run with it and see what happens. First month, we had 150 people sign up and it just blew my mind. Kind of unknowingly for me, my purpose of Zenith wasn't to start a trading group. Um, I think a lot of trading groups lack something that is very vital to the brand itself. And that's a community. I hate the type of groups that just give you signals. I actually find that pretty frustrating because if people are joining the group, yes, they're, they're, they're there to follow and make money and, and you know look at your signals, but what other value can you add on top for them to improve on that, right? How can they learn? How can they understand why, they're, why you're giving uh, a trade idea? So I think that's what really separates Zenith uh, because from the get-go, I was always about providing my analysis, right? This is why I think this trade is good. This is what I'm going to do. And this is my reasoning for it. And not only that, a deeper level of, of value for Zenith is I wanted it to be a mastermind group, right? We have members from all different types of backgrounds. And it's amazing to see. We have different ages. We have different uh, industry leaders. Like it, it's really amazing to see. And I think it's even more beneficial if you're actually able to build a close-knit community where people can share ideas with each other, where people can learn off each other. And so far, I think I've done a great job with that. And that's the number one differentiator about Zenith versus other groups. And that's what I wanted to focus on from the get-go. wasn't just a trading group. For the future outlook of the brand, having the Discord group is actually just a stepping stone. Um, I want to build something much bigger, something that people are proud to wear and promote. Zenith is something that, that can help others find a path that they're not really sure about, right? And this is essentially what the podcast series is, is about too. Um, it's helping other people to find opportunities in the world because we live in an age where you can be successful doing anything. There are so many opportunities now and it, it's so easy for us to be caught up and be sold this idea of, you got to work a nine to five for the rest of your life, right? You got to work up the, the, the ladder and eventually become director or CEO or, or whatever the case may be. It's not like that anymore. There are so many creative ways to find your passion. And it sounds very cliche, but it's, it's what you want to do to actually help people. And I think that's also what separates Zenith from everything else. My purpose was to help people, not just to provide trades right? It's to genuinely help you change as a person through trading and through the markets. That was a very long-winded answer. <laughs> I want to, I want to correlate that back though, with, um, your former crypto trading group. Hmm. What was that a lesson that you learned from that group, just going from signals to community or what, um, what are the key things that you took from your crypto group that you feel like is leading towards Zenus? So I didn't, the only thing that I learned from the crypto group was that it was just bad timing. 
that's all it was. Um, I, I basically started it right when the bear market hit and it was just really bad timing. There wasn't really much I could do about it during the time aside from just pausing for now. <laughs> better um, because there really wasn't any way to hedge yourself against a bear market during the time. If you're holding things, you're just going to end up holding and bag holding until it comes back, unless you're just leverage trading, you know, the, the big three. But even then it wasn't easy during that time. It was the, the learning lesson was just, I just can't do this right now. And I really just wanted to help others as well with the purpose was still the same with that. I wanted to help others, but I would say it didn't really manifest to this level until I came up with Zenith. But even that in and of itself is a lesson. You have to learn when you need to take breaks, yeah. whether it be through you've made a big success and you've got to take a break or man, you've had a rough month Yeah. and it's okay to take two weeks off. The market's going to be here in two weeks when you get back, you know? Yeah. So even that in and of itself is a, is a good lesson. Right? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a great, point that you bring up uh, about the markets and taking a break because as a leader of this group and as a leader of this this business for zenith there's a lot of pressure on me right so every single day i always have to think about the plays that i've given or i'm going to give and it's a lot of pressure on both emotional and mental aspects because like i've always said to to my members like my risk tolerance is very different you know, I can lose a hundred thousand dollars and not cry about it. But when I have to think about everyone else, it's a very, very different story. I always have to try my best to be the best, right. To be the best leader that I can be. And that that's also why I think being able to share my reasonings, being able to, to, to share an analysis on, on my ideas is beneficial because everyone else at least understands the reasoning behind it. And they can learn from that as well. Let's go into a little bit about your leadership as a, as Zenith's mentor, what, what do you feel are your greatest strengths as the leader of Zenith? Being a leader. Uh, I think my greatest strength is perseverance. I think everything throughout my life leading up to this has set me up to be a leader. I'm not very emotional when it comes to facing challenges. I treat it more objectively rather than subjectively. I'm able to handle the pressure. I actually like being under pressure diamonds were made under pressure. I don't mind it. I love it. I love being challenged. Is it hard? Yes, definitely. Um, do I face difficulties when, you know, I'm, I'm, I hit an obstacle in, in the group or in anything? Yeah, of course. But will I persevere and will I succeed and will I overcome them? Yes. Um, I think that's what really helps me become a suitable leader. And I think every leader needs that. Um, and you don't do that without failing, which is the whole idea of, of this episode's title, right? Um, you can't succeed unless you fail. There's a great book by Malcolm Gladwell that I read a few years back, Outliers. And he talks about like all these successful people like Bill Gates and, and Steve Jobs and all of that. And essentially his idea is you have to work on something for at least 10,000 hours for you to be good at it. Right. And I find that very true with anything that you do. Right. I don't think talent is innate. I generally don't think that. Um, I think talent is something that you attain when you work hard on it. Right. An artist doesn't just become an artist by knowing how to draw when they were coming out of the womb. 
It's through practice. It's through repetition. It's through continuous education. Same thing with trading. You don't just suddenly become a good trader. Like you hit one trade, one winning trade for a thousand percent. doesn't mean that you're a good trader, right? But it's the constant failures of, of trading. It's the constant losses that you overcome and understand, okay, this is why I lost. This is what I need to do next time when I get into another trade. Um, so I, I genuinely don't believe talent is innate. You're not born with it. Some people are born with better genetics. So for example, singing, right? Some people have better vocal cords than, than their peers, but even with singing, it's continuous repetition. It's practice. It's putting the work in to become better than everyone else around you. Yeah. It's that Will Smith factor, right? I watched this interview with Will Smith and he said the difference between him and most people is, uh, he's willing to die on a treadmill. If you and him get on a treadmill at the same time, you're getting off first or he'll die. Yeah. Whichever happens first. And, uh, you know, that's a great quality to have with that perseverance. Now, along with that, what do you see as your, as being the leader of the group? What are, what are the things you feel you need to work on most in order to effectively lead this, uh, lead this group? Well, one, I think, that's, a, that's actually a good question. Um, that's a bit of a tough one. I think I do need to work on just being more careful um, in the sense where we don't risk as much. And, and I'm talking specifically about trades. Um, and it's okay to take a break every once in a while and not do anything right in the market. I also want to work on my own psychological aspects of trading, right? Because sometimes I get into my own type of hole that I dig and which then translates into everything else that I do for the group, Mm. right? So those are a couple of things I need to work on. But I think the the future of the group is super bright. Um, Mm. We have so many good things coming and I think as for me right now, I don't, I'm not rushing into things. I'm literally taking it step by step. So this podcast was an idea that I just suddenly came up with, you know, a few weeks ago. And I said, I think that would be great. Just invite some people to talk and, you know, th- this would be a great learning opportunity. So that's one, but it's, it's not easy being a leader. Of course, it's not easy leading this group specifically. I do have my days where, and most of the members don't see it, right? Because I don't, I don't really share it, but there are days where I am stressed the fuck out. Like, <laughs> right. I just want to lie in bed and not do anything for the rest of the day. And I've had those days where I just shut everything off and I just put on Netflix. I don't feel like doing any work. I don't feel like being productive in any way. Um, and that's happened, you know, a couple of times in, in, within the last few months. Sometimes you just have to realize to take a break. I, th- I think that's what I need to work on, taking a break <laughs> and being okay with that. You know, instead yeah. of worrying so much about like, I still have to keep working. So, right. Yeah, I agree. Especially as as one of your members, like uh, I think it I think it's good to be mindful of that and to go like, hey guys, I am I am stressed on this because I think uh, I think we feel it too, you know. And it allows us as the leader, it's gonna it allows us to be okay with how we're feeling with things as well. So that's good. Well, the future of Zenith is here. Where do you see it's going? <laughs> Where are we going in 2021? 2021. So I want to, 
I wanted to gain more exposure for the brand itself, not for the Discord group specifically, but just for the brand. Um, I want to, one of my goals, especially once COVID is, is over, is to really host youth seminars um, to talk about financial literacy because it's one of the things I wish I really took seriously. And it's ironic because I used to look into it all the time. Like I knew to open up a Roth IRA when I was 18. I knew to, to invest in the markets when I was 18. I knew, I knew to do all these, all these things, but I wasn't actually good with managing my money. It's very ironic when you think about it. Um, when I started working corporate, I was making, at 18, by the way, I was making 40K a year, which is a lot for an 18 year old who just started college. And I think millennials get caught in this whole idea of we have to live life now, right? It's not like we retire at 50 and we go travel the world. It's we live life now. For, for me personally, I used to spend money on Louis Vuitton, Gucci, like all these brand names for no reason. Thinking back, I tell people this now. It's like no one cares what you wear. They really don't. The only person that cares is yourself because you think people will care. Everybody's too busy worried about what you think about what they're wearing. Yeah, exactly. About what you're wearing. <laughs> exactly. So at the end of the day, it's like it, it's useless to buy all these things. And I used to spend so much money on it. And then I used to, you know, take Ubers everywhere. I used to order food. I used to go out for dinners. And because I was getting paid well, it was more like, well, I want to reward myself. Right. And I also worked really hard at the job. I, I was basically, I didn't have a social life from seven to 11, basically the whole day for on weekdays, things like that. You know, I, I wasn't really good with my money. Um, so I really want to teach younger people to be better with their money and realize that material things are, are useless. Like if you're going to save money, use it on experiences, go travel, right? It's much better than buying things that are just going to sit there and no one really cares other than yourself, right? So I haven't spent money on any luxury brands in a long time. The, the most expensive thing I've spent is on the Tesla and that's it. I think it's really important to change your perspective on things and that that's what happened with me over, over time. That's what really changed myself around when it came to finances too. Nice. Now, along with that, with uh, Zenith's membership, one of the members had the question is, why did you decide to limit Zenith's membership? And do you believe there's such a thing as Zenith becoming too big? Um, so membership isn't really limited right now. It's only if people, if you refer someone or if you contact me directly. The reason why I've always done that from the very beginning, by the way, I never opened, up, opened it up to the public because I wanted a very specific community to be built. Um, I didn't want random people to join and have a toxic community, right? I actually wanted people who are willing to learn, who are open to feedback, right? Because this is what's going to build a stronger community. And you can see, even if you just look at chat, right? The community has changed a lot over time. People have become more, people have improved in terms of their emotional control, their discipline, People have learned even more and become better traders, right? Like even you, Curtis, you, you didn't even know how to set an order when you first joined. You That's were true. DMing me like, how do I set a limit order on this? Yeah. And now you're giving plays, right? So I'm very proud of the community that I've built so far. It's the idea that I stuck with, but I never had expectations. It was more so let me focus on the purpose of this brand. Let me focus on what I can do to help people. And then from there, see what comes out of it. That's great. All right. One of the one of the things I actually want to any advice that I want to give people is um, 
for those listening, especially. And it doesn't matter where what your age is, doesn't matter what you're doing currently. I think it's important to focus on work ethic because you will always be more successful than the people around you if you work harder than them. And that's how I approached everything I did in life, whether it was my job at Yelp, my job at my, my previous um, company, uh, trading, fitness, when I powerlifted and I, I competed three times in powerlifting. And every single time I competed, I had to do what we call a water cut, which is essentially cutting all the water weight out of your body. And I would lose 16 pounds in a week. I would go to the sauna. I would fast for over 24 hours and not drink a sip of water. Like I went through that stuff just to be successful. And I think that's the type of mentality you need to have when you approach anything in life, whether it's, it's school, whether it's starting a business or just getting into a hobby. There are so many opportunities to learn and be better that there's no reason to not try. Mm. Fear is, is something that stops everyone from doing what they want, or at least trying. Don't be fearful of failing. Like you should accept failure. You should want to fail. You should desire that because the more you fail, the more successful, successful you're going to be because now you know what it's like to lose. Yeah. Now you know what, what's right and what's wrong in terms of getting yourself to that success. So I encourage people to fail. I encourage you to you know, not be fearful of things. And your own insecurity is the only thing that's, that you're fighting against, right? Like, don't be scared to do things. Um, yeah, it's almost like what I'm hearing is there's kind of two paths you can go down. You can choose fear, which leads to inaction. Yep. Or you can choose action, regardless of fear. Yep. Action leads to failing. Failing leads to perseverance. Perseverance yep. leads to success. Exactly. It really seems like the zenith way. And you know, the, the other thing to add on to that, it, it's okay if some, some people and some of my friends, they're content with just being in a nine to five, right? And that's completely fine. People have different paths. People are comfortable doing different things. But for me personally, I've always had this hustler mentality throughout my whole life. I, I don't know where it came from. It, I just have it. I never had a mentor in my life. I never had like a, like a leader figure other than my mom. But Aside from that, it was just ambition. I guess I was just, it was in my blood. I was born with it. Um, and I was never content working a regular nine to five and paying someone else, right? Like I wanna do something that can actually help people. And that's what the whole brand about Zenith is. I encourage you guys to work hard. Even if you're just working at your nine to five, work harder than the person next to you. Get promoted, right? Do better than them. Even if they're ahead of you right now, if you're working harder than them, you're putting more hours in them, you will get ahead of them. You will be more successful. If there's one thing that you could tell your younger self at the beginning of your trading career, what would it be? One, to be smarter. <laughs> I was, the toughest thing about trading, especially when I first started, was psychological and emotional. This is why I preach risk management in the group so much, right? Because it's exactly what I did. Like all the mistakes everyone else has made, I've made before. One is to have been smarter, become more educated in it. But I think my, my way of learning during the time was very hands-on. So it wasn't, I never watched YouTube videos. I never read books. I was part of trading communities where I kind of picked what I liked from different people. And then I just practiced it. And I wish, I think one of the things I would tell my younger self is focus on that more. I wish I put more resources into it in the very beginning when I first opened up a brokerage when I was 18. 
if I, if I were able to take the last five years and rewind it and hopefully put it back into when I was 18, that would, that would be a, a game changer. So. Okay. Well, any parting thoughts as we head out? No, I think, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode. It was, uh, I, I basically wanted to share my life with you guys. I think it's important to, to see where I've come from and what it's really like to find success. Um, and everyone's definition of success is going to be different. And it's okay to have a different definition of success. For me personally, I built this brand to help people. I built this brand to, to improve not just your trading, but you as a person. And you guys can talk to some of the members in the group and they'll tell you how much it's, it's actually changed their personality, right? It's affected the way they speak to other people. It's affected the way they handle situations. I wanted to give you guys a, a background of me, my failures, because I'm not perfect. I'm also human. We all are. Um, but I think it is important to fail. It is important to lose uh, because when you do lose, you can win after that. And that's what leads to more success. And that's the whole idea behind the, the title of this is this podcast but yeah. i appreciate everyone joining in i'm going to have another guest speaker for episode two and uh, we actually have a few lined up already so it's more about uh scheduling some time for it thanks everyone thank you guys <laughs>